while it is easy to become a creator it's really hard to become a good creator hello everybody and welcome to this episode of impulse the influencer marketing podcast i'm your host prateek panda vp of marketing at philo the universal api for creator data joining us today is fayaz hussain he's the co-founder of money app and has over two decades of experience within the creator and content creator space Fayaz has witnessed the transforming landscape of the internet being involved with it since the first iteration of web 1 today we sit down and talk particularly about creator monetization and analytics as a segment of creator economy two aspects that are really very key as far as influencer marketing as well as the larger creator economy is concerned but before we get started in the conversation today don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your preferred podcast platform so that you don't miss out on the latest episodes. Fayaz, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Pratik. Awesome. So before we get started with everything around creator economy, monetization and so on, I want to ask you your one hot controversial take on influencer marketing. It could be something that you believe in, but not everybody agrees to. What's your hot take on influencer marketing? Influencer marketing is the best ROI for marketers. Okay that's awesome and it's a good thing that you brought up right over the last 3 years or so as influencer marketing was starting to pick up most brands looked at it as a channel for brand building visibility not so much around ROI and conversion that is a more recent trend and i talk about this with a lot of our guests why do you think that's happening see for me a creator is a mini media channel is it I think as the creator we're also trying to find the feet on the platforms and the platforms are trying to understand what the creators can do and so all that convergence is happening now best take is what TikTok is doing with the social commerce or what Instagram has started doing with social commerce so I think that's the best way to look at it I think you know evolution start evolution happens adaptability happens and I think that's where you know the creators are delivering on the promise of an ROI to a brand which is ultimate thing is sales and that's what is happening of course brand salience is there always was there but a brand campaign is a dicey thing to measure at the end of the day you know and all sales is anyway the numbers are there we just measure that and that i think that proves the ROI of uh, the creator or uh, influencer marketing if you can call it that I'll use creator and influencer alternatively because for me they are the same, and I think that's where it is. What you talked about when the introduction is, you know, the platform, the analytics space, and you know, everything is maturing. You know, AI, ML coming into the picture, and I think TikTok, what they have done in China and South Asia for social commerce, and what's happening in US right now proves the point. Is the evolution of a platform will give. a chance to the creator to prove their worth and that's what's happening all right talking about creators and creator worth what was the idea behind money app why did you start it and tell us a little bit more about that yeah i was a growth head for paytm games and we grew exponentially within an of 2 to 3 years on millions and millions of users we utilize creators or influencers to popularize our games and in that particular series that what we did was that the creators were earning money but the kind of questions that they were asking us were so innocuous 
started from the basic questions in the what is an invoice. I can't believe an SME telling me something and coming and telling me what is an invoice. Then the taxation issues and all those things, you know. So it started as a very, very small Excel sheet. You know, we automated the Excel sheet with macros and gave it to the creators and said that's how the genesis of Money App happened. And then once we started looking at the numbers, the money that the creators were earning, and they were respectable, small and medium enterprise, but you know, nobody was servicing them, providing them tools. Then when we got into it, then we realized that there's a financial literacy was lacking, isn't it? There's a financial literacy for personal monetary needs and there is a financial literacy for business needs. All these things were lacking and most of them from tier 2, tier 3 town, not very well educated. Even if they were very well educated and all, financial literacy is a problem. So that's where it is. You know? So that's how this money app, uh, the entire spectrum of tools rectified as and when we started going into the market and understanding the creators' needs, which we thought we already knew before we started. But the more we interacted with them, the more needs came our way and we started building for them. So now money apps, entire spectrum of services is financial literacy, tools for creators to manage their business. And then we use analytics, what we call as monetize, where we grade the creators according to their data for online platforms, the data for their personal financial needs. And you know, they give us a lot of data so we know what their financial position is. So we combine that and come up with the monetization score or monetize score. And then we tell them, saying that, I'm logging this is your score. So it's between 10 to 1, isn't it? If, I'm, if you are on 10 and I'm 5, the creator will start mapping himself or herself and say, you know, where are they lacking and where they go forward. That's where, you know, we start using analytics a lot and that we have an ambition to make this as a credit scoring for them, at least, you know, they can go to the banks and talk as a business and not as a consumer. So I think that's where we are trying to do with our suite of products. Got it. Are you noticing that shift happening or do creators come back and tell you that, you know, because I have all this help from Money App, it has actually helped me get a car loan or a home loan easier with traditional banks because typically they would not really have the risk appetite to service a loan like this. The problem with creators is they don't want to take a loan themselves. Isn't it? And they have believers in cash. Have cash will spend kind of a that We wanted to them to go to the banks to take business notes. That's where still, you know, there's a work in progress. We are still not there. But, you know, interesting uh, facts and interesting, you know, stories come our way where people from small villages have shown us saying that the money that they have earned through their income as a creator They've gone ahead and built house for their parents in a very small town. So those are the good stories that we keep hearing. It's few right now, but you know, encouraging nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, those are the exciting parts about the creator economy, right? I mean, your world could truly change with just the power of a cell phone, right? That's all you really need is a cell phone and decent internet. And, you know, you could possibly find your way into a niche that actually makes you enough money. But talking about money, what is some misconception about creator monetization? Are there some things that you learned in the process as you started building money app? The creator economy is completely skewed. It's a Pareto's law. 20% of the creators are 80% of the money. And if you divide the entire creator space into a pyramid, 
the top of the pyramid, which is your twenty percent, has all the money. You know? Middle of the pyramid is again, you know, taking twenty percent of the money, and the bottom of the pyramid, which is a long tail, doesn't make any money. Why? Because most of the money comes through programmatic platforms or brand solutions. I think the bigger guys can command their rates, so that's where you know they start earning more money. Or the platform algorithms are skewed in such a way that the programmatic money also goes to them. But what happens is a problem, isn't it? So I'm we are working with a gynecologist who has 200 hours of content on YouTube, a subscriber base of 150k and growing, good engagement metrics, and pregnancy platform. 80% viewership is from female. And she came to us and she told us, I'm doing this for passion, but passion also has its levels, isn't it? How do I start monetizing my content? Because, you know, Google pays me 7,000 rupees, not even dollars, 7,000 rupees for two months. She says, you know, I earn this amount of money in debt with some consultancy. So what's the use of me posting on YouTube or doing a podcast, you know, existential questions of why she wants to do it. And you know, it's a very good channel on YouTube for Virtue Baby. The audience can go and look at her. Her name is Dr. Nitika Sopti. It's called a Virtue Baby. She's a leading gynecologist in the uh, city of Delhi. And this is what it is, isn't it? You know, even a very highly educated person giving a very niche knowledge is not able to earn anything, let alone an old guy who is dancing or singing. I don't know what's there, you know, monetization potential is. So again, it becomes like throwing darts in the dark. Somebody becomes popular, it gets virally. They earn money, but you know, it's like a S-curves and it goes up, it comes down. There's no steady income at all. So I think that that's a problem that is happening. And I think, you know, that could be only solved if the platforms start encouraging subscription, at least for these knowledge creators. Subscription can be one. So again, as I said, a lot of learning happening right now. All of us are learning, including the platforms, including the creators. Yeah, and you talked a little about subscription. So what I was going to ask you was also on the similar lines. What can creators do to monetize beyond just the brand sponsorships? Like typically, brand deals make up most of their income opportunity. Is there any way to diversify that? Yeah, so 90% of the revenue comes from the brands, isn't it? either programmatic or you know, brand solutions. Brand solutions don't go to the smaller guys because the brands don't trust that. The smaller guys will do justice on a frequency level and I also would not do it. I would only do it as an affiliate campaign, but I know big brands don't do affiliate campaigns. And then uh, programmatic yields, at least in our part of the world, is very low. And it's like you know, a huge volume over there. So that's you know, two, three other things that we encourage now the creators to look at. Knowledge creators can look at subscription. We are helping one up-and-coming brand who start merchandising or sell their merchandise. Some of the people who have come to us, you know, tier two, tier three towns, girls want to make their own stationery and sell as a merchandise. So these are the things that they are coming up with their own solutions. And you know, we can just, you know, give a global yarn saying that, and look, you know, this is it, you should do this. But I think the best way is for them to understand their audience and come up with solutions like many of them are coming and we are there to help that. And I think, you know, interesting thought processes and now people have started using Instagram to sell, at least in India because TikTok is banned in India. So they have started using Instagram to sell products or sell the products for D2C brands. There's so many D2C brands. TikTok e-commerce was doing pretty well in Indonesia until the Indonesian government banned it. 
Now there's a gold rush over there to start social commerce products over there. So yeah, I think, you know, DTC brands have found a niche. I think the larger brands will take its own time because they're large brands. They don't need anybody. They can spend millions and billions of dollars just on big ticket items, on sports activities or big ticket items. So I think but the D2C brands who have a stricter budget, I think they are finding a sweet spot in working with the creators very closely and going out and getting it done. Still early, early days, all the 2024 will prove whether that thesis is correct that creators have cracked the social commerce code. What is the analytics doing in this whole thing, right? Like what's the role of analytics, both on the brand side as well as the creator side? You mentioned a little bit around how you have this monetization score sort of thing. Is it hard getting data and doing this analysis? And how is it helping the creator and the brand? As always, getting data is very hard. The platforms don't give you all the data. There are certain APIs. Instagram doesn't have any API. YouTube has a well-developed API. Twitch has a well-developed API. But I don't think, you know, we get the secret sauce of what's happening over there. And if I'm a platform, I also not expose everything. That's my secret sauce. Then we are dependent on three to four metrics of likes, dislikes, subscribers. And then we can apply some NLP and say, what is the engagement ratio and all those things. But I, know, I think we need deeper, more deeper analytics onto it. And that's our endeavor is to start collecting more data which is GDPR compliant, and then go from there. Of course, you know, we have worked with Philo, we are company also, and then we are working with the one or two other people, you know, smaller guys, and we are also scraping the data, isn't it? And developing the intelligence over it, which is more digestible to the creators, because the creators are not marketeers, or they don't understand analytics. And on the flip side of it, the brand only wants numbers, isn't it? They don't understand anything else. So I think you know, the balancing act is there. I think we are getting there. So we have partnered with a company called CPU.ai who are a good planning tool for the brands to look at what the creators are doing and the creators to map what the competition is doing. And if you were to talk a little bit more about the monetization part, right? What do you think are some metrics before which a creator can start thinking about monetization? Is there, I'm loosely getting into the follower count bracket because typically that's what brands first look at. But is there a real minimum follower count that you need to have as a creator before you start thinking monetization? At what point do you think you're ready to start monetizing? It's all about reach, isn't it? Let's look at how the old media companies price themselves. If it happens on terrestrial television or it happened on satellite television now on OTT, what is my reach and what is my audience? And that's the minimum threshold that everybody has to look at. Sometimes the very, very niche knowledge creators or influencers will you know have a niche audience and for them you know the threshold might be 100,000 followers who can come to them or you know react to them the deeper thing is instead of just looking at the followers or numbers or the subscriber numbers is how do you create a community isn't it it depends you know it's not a simple 3c formula isn't it i have a content i develop a community and then the commerce happens and first thing has to be first. You know, the content has to be first. And then to that content, you have to develop your community. Your community can be 10,000, 20,000, 100,000, a million. We are not counting it, but you need an engaged community who sees that you are giving some value to them. And then only you can start monetizing or start coming up with the third C that is commerce. That's why the numbers are there. 
numbers are very important but i think you know if you look at a very very helicopter view of it i know understand if you have a sticky community uh returning base and you just cannot monetize it i know a creator who has a million plus followers he hardly engages with them and naturally in our uh, monetization is too so what's the use of that got it so more important than the follower count is really how you can build your community of followers as well as what kind of activity you're doing to engage with them correct let's look at another giving communities there's way sticky community they have to follow each other they help each other they're talking to each other either on discord or directly connected on gaming consoles whatever it is but i think there is something that is called community feeling it and i go over there because i feel loved or i know i'm getting some value out of it i think the creators have to first understand how to create that sticky content of which is required by the community and then they start looking at it in that particular way i think the numbers of hacking the numbers of say the number of subscribers followers and likes and dislikes or the nlp score on the engagement i think those are the just numbers is it you know it's a hacky way of doing it yeah and so it happens it has happened in affiliate marketing you still see that saying that you know all the fake accounts all the fake numbers that are getting bots that are there it still happens you know in every different platforms also but it comes you might earn money one or two months i think the audience is very smart they expose it the base should be correct only then you can you know, go up yeah that's great advice faz so let's segue into something a little more fun and then we'll come back into this not that this is not fun but if you had the option to take an influencer out to lunch who would that person be and why i would like to have dinner with mr beast and understand his brain say how did he diversify so much awesome you know i've asked this question to pretty much all of our guests so far and he's top of this list a lot of people want to meet with him understand what's your understanding about mr beast right let's talk about him as a creator a little bit we were talking about diversifying monetization right he's really a very good example of good diversification and really leveraging that community right there's the burger joints there's the feastable fmcg sort of chocolate brand there's of course all the brand partnerships and so on as a creator you pretty much have your content planned for the next few weeks he's also tweeted out a few times when he said that hey i have brand inventory available for two of my next videos and he gets so much interest from brands who want to just pounce on that opportunity right so there are a few learnings there right but what have you observed about mr beast as a creator i think he is operating as a classic media brand in a very very disney fied way create a persona and then you create the entire merchandise around you and you know, everything that is there from disney's way big of course but i think the lessons learned from disney are what i see in mr beast of diversifying your persona monetizing your persona in different ways where people can touch with you i have a 9 year old doesn't know so whenever you know we go out to us is one thing is that i'm getting with festivals so the spectrum that he has touched is the same what disney does we all love mickey whether we are 100 or 50 or 10 or 1 whatever it is those lessons i think are very well learned by him whatever he and his team are doing to go beyond advertising is interesting and i i think there is a segue for everybody to look at it got it yeah that's spot on and let's come back to creators right and for them mr beast 
could be that classic persona they want to emulate or, you know, this person they would want to become over time. For all the creators who are listening to this right now, it is hard to be a creator. You have to be constantly producing content and being creative. Even a few days you drop the ball, you're hit hard by the platforms. And for creators, are there any tips and advice you would give on how to stay in the game? And, you know, of course, monetization makes it easier because once you start making money, there is more motivation as well. It comes automatically. But till you get there, right, how do you push yourself to stay on the path? It has to be a disciplined approach. Discipline has to be there. If uh, a creator has chosen his or her path of creating a channel and made it a 24 by 7 job for them, then they have to live, breathe, eat, sleep for that. If they don't do it, then they lose it. Yeah. And I think the same is true for Mr. Beast also. He suddenly became very popular and he was all over the place. And most people who've been new to this space have not looked at his past videos, his past content and how long it has taken him to get to where he got in the last couple of years, right? Most people think that, you know, he just suddenly shot to fame and he's been so successful. But if you look, go back and look at some of his old videos, right, from five years ago, seven years ago as well, you would see that he's had the same struggle like any other creator, right? Finding that niche, finding that persona, discovering what he really wants to be known for and so on. And one day you do find that fit and then it picks up from there. But there's a lot of hard work that's gone in over the years. I think one misconception at least is a lot of people, while it is easy to become a creator, it's really hard to become a good creator. Yeah, I think it's simple. I mean, you know, if you have looked at history of media progression, I mean, from radio to television to OTT, and now to the creator platforms, there's the same story all over again. You know, it start with the very hustling phase, the consolidation happened and then a very, very professional come into it and then they organize it. I mean, in every industry it happens. Happened for the media industry, happened for the oil industry, happened for the telecom industry. I think we are still in that hustling mode and people think that they can hustle and then it'll go away. But I think in the end, the only people who are there putting that one thing or one brick at a time to build their own building. I think that's the only way that you can, you know, go forward and you can't do something which you don't love. Naturally, you go out, drop the ball somewhere in between. If they love it, they'll work hard for it and then they'll get the money. Awesome. On the B2B influencer marketing side, I've been running a few campaigns over the last year or so and I'm a big fan of micro-influencers, nano-influencers. That's really the space where I think we get the best bang for our buck. But for all the influencer marketers or brands that are listening to this episode, what is some advice you would give them as they look at influencer marketing as a new channel for success? I think yeah, the subject matter experts are the best way to go forward for B2B marketing. And the subject matter experts are your knowledge creators. You know, I think select your subject matter experts and make them your knowledge creators and they will spread the word around for you. Yep, that's awesome. Spot on. Faiz, any other advice or last thoughts you would want to give all of our listeners, both on the creator side as well as the brand side? I think, you know, I have been, as I said, you know, you were introduced to seeing that I've seen this evolution of internet happening, isn't it? So every time, you know, I, I think we are very, very new to it. And then I still think we are still in the evangelization phase where the evangelization of the power of creator networks and the creator content has to be done in a proper way. 
naturally the brands will understand it they know about it they're only waiting for us to get more organized the faster we get organized the more money will come for the creators apart so right now you know if i allay the brands like unilever or the png would invest in a youtube or a twitch or a instagram you know because you know it's more organized and they won't go directly to the creators because of this problem that the creators are not trustworthy no offense to the platforms but 60% of their earnings is in internet and they are the one who is doing it so unless and until they become more trustworthy for the brands and you know we have you no know, good tools like philo or a money app giving that particular comfort to the brands that you know, they can evaluate it analyze it measure it and go from there that's where you know the creator economy very get its due story getting is due you know everybody watches creators but you know, how do they start monetizing and how do they sustain themselves and how do they get themselves trusted by the brands the people and the powers i be what do you think is in store for the creator economy in 2024 i think it's a creator economy me version 3 so let's see you know, where it goes exciting times ahead that's amazing and on that positive note i think this is a wrap thank you so much fayaz for spending time with us and sharing all your insights for all of our listeners who are listening if you're a creator you're wanting to learn more about monetization check out money app we'll link this out when we publish the episode thank you so much fayaz for joining us and sharing all your insights thank you for having me prateek enjoyed it impulse the influencer marketing podcast is brought to you by philo Philo is the easiest way to get access to authenticated creator data from hundreds of different platforms. To know more about Philo, visit getphilo.com. That's get p h y l l o.com. Also, make sure to search for Influencer Marketing Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast listening platforms. And don't forget to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Philo, thank you so much for listening.